0: There's a beautiful presence of the Lord with us right now. Ah, it's wonderful. I love to just acknowledge His presence with us. I like that song because it's so great faith statements that He is with you, He's before you, He's behind you, He's beside you, He's around you. It's all good scripture. Ah, you sense His presence. Right now, if you have a need, make your request known to him right now. This is our loving father, Adonai. He wants to give and provide. He wants to bless you. Just look to him right now, no matter where you are. Just look to him right now and say, Lord, I'm just gonna offer up to you my need. I pray for healing miracles i pray for reconciliation in relationships lord i pray for resources to be made available to people's lives but more than anything lord i pray for your peace and your presence over their lives right now peace into every family peace into every household Peace into every marriage. Peace. Because your favor is on us. It's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God is good. All the time and all the time. God is good. Please, if you're here, take a seat. If you're out of bed at all, at home. This daylight saving, first day of it, you might be still in bed. Just, you know, just sit up a bit more, maybe. (laughs) Ah, Well, I want to welcome you to church and um, looking forward to sharing this word with us all. Uh, I'm actually in the middle of a two-week vacation. I was a tradie this week. Love being a tradie. It's fantastic, actually, building my daughter-in-law and my son's Deck with my with them and with my father and having a great time, and uh, you know, being a trader, you get to bash things up and you you get to you know sweat, spit, say some of those words you haven't said for years, (laughs) like "ouch," and "oh my back." (laughs) In fact, since I've been a trader all week, look out! This could be a pretty fiery sermon. Some interesting words could come out. So I figured. If I get reincarnated, I think I might come back as a tradie. However, I don't believe in reincarnation. But then again, I didn't in my last life over. Oh, <laughs> now, before you send an email, I'm joking, okay? No emails. And I am joking. But it's great to be with you here. And um, in fact, it's true, I, I'm in the middle of a two week break. However, about a month or so ago the Lord gave me a scripture for today and about a week or two ago he woke me up at 3am and gave me the sermon to go with that scripture and wanted me to preach it today I said but Lord he said no no buts just do it so I don't know why someone needs to hear this message today maybe all of us need to hear this message today and I really feel it's exciting because um, it's a prophetic word and it's a word I've just been really looking forward to sharing today So I hope you enjoy. We've been talking about building God an altar. It's part of going deeper in our Christianity. But I actually think it's the beginning of stretching wider. Um, Building God an altar. Uh, On Father's Day, I I read a scripture about what Joshua... Joshua, you you understand, before Joshua was Abraham and he was given a promise that he would be a mighty nation, actually he would be the father of many nations and um, through him all the world will be blessed and he would be given land to do that from and, and fast forward to Joshua, that promise is still ringing loud in his ears Joshua, he's now leading Israel hundreds of years later and they, they go to, into the promised land, they have to cross the Jordan in the promised land to, to get there and they do, and and God does a miracle. The Jordan River is in flood and we're not talking about the Nepean River Bridge. There's no bridge to do. So what do they do? The Lord says, touch it with your toes, get the priest do that with the Ark of the Covenant and he held up the raging river and they walked across, all of Israel walked across. And Joshua says, quick, get 12 stones and we'll build an altar. And, uh, and this is why it says in Joshua 421, and he said to the people of Israel, "When your children ask their fathers in time to come, who oh, oh sorry, what do these stones mean? Boy, that 's significant. Joshua knew understand he knew the promise that was on him. He knew the promise that he was fulfilling right there. And he picked up these stones. He got them to pick up these stones and said, Build an altar. Why? Because in years to come, there's going to be kids asking, What are those stones about? And it's going to prompt a conversation. It's going to bring back memories. You're going to begin to confess truth again. Verse 24 So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Remembering the promise, the favor of God which was on Israel. Incredible favor that they were about to outlive. In fact, the Old Testament is an amazing view of the incredible favor that was on Israel. Even when they stuffed up badly. Even when they did really poorly. Even when they rejected God. He still favored them all along. He disciplined them. (laughs) He gave them a hard time because he loved them. As a father would discipline his children. But they were favored of God right through and Joshua knew about that and that's what those stones were about spoke about that on Father's Day a little bit and um, I really feel like God spoke to me and said Rick I want you to share more about building me an altar in our families in our homes in our personal lives in our workplaces and what does that mean you see I think God brings stones into your life which declare God is powerful and he's to be feared Or he's to be honoured is probably a better way to say it in our day. He's to be honoured. He's to be respected. He's to be, oh my goodness. That's who God is. And that he brings stones into our lives and into our families that we can actually, if we acknowledge them as metaphoric stones for an altar, we begin to build an altar in our life for God. Where others can actually see when those who are to come, the kids who are to come will say, what are those stones for? I could say to them, oh, God is powerful. And boy, he's to be honored. And I think he's wanting to do that in life a lot more in our lives. He's wanting to do it now. I remember at the beginning of this pandemic time, I really felt the Lord say, tell the church they're favored. You have the favor of God on you. You might not feel blessed. It has nothing to do with blessings. Favor is just God's hand on your life. He's with you. And you are favoured. And I believe this is linked to the prophetic word that the Lord's speaking over our church, Strong Nation Church. And that is this, that his presence wants to be with you. And it's an altars. we bring these stones that he supplies for us, and we bring them and we build this altar, I honestly believe that's when the favour gets evident in your life, Then you actually recognise the favour that's around you. And I believe the world right now needs the church to rise up, I actually think, I actually believe Australia is so blessed we're going to bless the entire world coming out of this pandemic. I honestly believe it. And I believe the church, the stronger the church is, the better we are in able to fulfill Abraham's promise of you will bless all the world because you are blessed. You're favored. Amen. So we've been preaching on that and... um, Pastor, oh, Reverend Dr. Adam White preached a great message and Naomi preached a great message before that and we've got a few great preachers coming up but I, I got this scripture a few weeks ago and I just read it because Joshua would have known about this next scripture it was about his boss, Moses and um, he, uh, he would have known about this and it was very interesting that he went and built an altar out of stone so I want to read to you from Exodus chapter 20 Verse twenty-two to twenty-six. And the Lord said to Moses, "Tell the Israelites this: You have seen for yourselves that I've spoken to you from heaven. Do not make any gods to be alongside me. Do not make for yourselves gods of silver or gods of gold. Make an altar of earth for me, and sacrifice it um, your burnt on it your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings." Your sheep, goats, and your cattle. Boy, that would have smelt nice, don't you think? <laughs> Wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and bless you. It, now, listen to this verse 25. If you make an altar of stones for me, do not build it with dressed stones or, or cut stones. For you will defile it if you lose, use a tool on it or if you alter it in any way. And verse 26 and do not go up to my altar on steps or your private parts may be exposed the little boy in me laughs every time I read private parts sorry <laughs> there are stones that God places in your life and I believe he wants you to build that altar that says God is awesome God is powerful and he's to be honored Right? here as I read this passage and And God woke me up at three o'clock one morning and shared with me some real revelation on this. For how does that apply to us? First thing he says there about those stones, he says, don't cut them. Don't change them. Don't alter them. Otherwise, you will defile them. Another way of saying that is you'll make them man-made, which is very interesting. You don't want man-made stones when you're building God an altar. You want God's stones that he brings to you. So my first point is here, when you see a stone that God has brought you, don't cut it. Don't try and alter it. Don't cut it to fit your wishes. Don't cut it so that, oh yeah, I prefer it this way. Here's an example. I believe every Christian should exhibit generosity. I think it's just the nature of God. If God's in our lives, it should be there. But there's some people, they have a stone of generosity, where they're just insanely generous. They just blow my mind, I think, how do they do this? I see several people in our church like that, and I thought, wow. But that's because they've got a stone of generosity, not just a uh, a God, God part of generosity in their lives. I think every Christian should be generous, but there's something different about those who have a stone. But if you don't have a stone of just generosity, you don't have to give like them, you don't have to be like them. But sometimes we think, oh, I'd love to do that, even if it's out of a good nature. It's out of a good human nature. It's man-made. God doesn't want that. If he hasn't given you that stone, don't, don't feel as though you have to be over the top with generosity. But if he's given you that stone, well, good on you. I'd like to know your name. So many people try to they, 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 they try to fix the stone and what God wants them to do into what they want. But often what I've found is what God wants is not what I want. It's not my will. And he's got to convince me against my will and I've learned to succumb to that very quickly. Because he always wins. He never loses. So I don't cut the stones. This, this is the stone God's given me and this is what I'll work with. I read a book about Billy Graham once the great preacher and um, amazing and he made this statement once and I've never forgotten it he said if I was to only preach to my neighbour across the fence the good news of Jesus Christ I would be disobeying God however if my neighbour being a Christian was to um, without God's word go and preach to the millions as I have done they too would be disobeying God it's a different stone Billy Graham, was his stone was how he showed people that God is powerful and should be honored was by preaching to literally millions. But it's not my call. It's not what God's asked me to do. But sometimes we think, oh, this is what I will. And in our world where we live, our time, it seems to be more prevalent, more promoted. Well, what's your will in this? The true Christian is the one who says, not my will, but yours, Jesus. Not my will, God, but yours. We can't cut the stone to fit our wishes. Don't cut them to be like others. You see others and you think, oh, I want that. That Old Testament word, covet. It's very interesting. It's in the top 10 commandments. Do not covet that which is your neighbours. So often we think, oh, I'd love to be like that person. I want to be like that person. No, don't cut that stone. Oh, well, you know, Bruce Gabin. he has a stone like this and it's awesome. I'm going to have the same sort of stone. No! We're a body. We need all different parts. We need all different gifts. We need all different stones to be portrayed. Don't, don't, don't look at them and say, do you know what? I, I, I wish I had that. I want my family to do what theirs does. No, that's not how it works. You can be inspired by people. I'm sure that's a good thing. But what stone has God given you? Don't cut it. It might look totally different. It could be a different, whole different color, whole different shape, but it's the stone that God gave you. Don't cut them to make it easy. We like to cut corners sometimes. God asks of you great things, and you know what? It is amazing. When God asks you something, what He asks of you is very valuable. And I've found it's rarely easy. He brings good challenge and hard challenge. Why would we want to try and make it easy? This is the most valuable thing there is. You were asked of the one who created the universe to do something, to be something, to acknowledge something. The one who breathed the stars in the space, spoke them in the space, put them where they are. But yet, we think, oh, yeah, maybe it's a shortcut to that. No. When God asks you, let's not cut it to make short. You see, one thing I know about God is that he is patient. He's got a lot of time. And he loves you and he cares about you so much. He has such a great plan for your life that he's willing to wait. And he'll wait. He'll bring you back around. We cut corners on that. He'll bring you back around. He's patient. I think he must get frustrated sometimes. Or maybe that's a human trait, not so much his although the old testament saw a lot of frustration hopefully jesus took that away (laughs) but don't don't try and make it easy sometimes it is hard sometimes the stones are heavy stones but you know what we do hard that's our people's way that's how christians operate it's never been easy have a good read through the history of the church. It's never been easy, but God's name has always been glorified. It's always been said how powerful is God right through the centuries. And it's been honoured. Oh, mate, have a really good read of the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Or, if you don't like that name, um, Jesus Freaks, the book. Uh, just inspires me about these people who took the hard stones, the stones, the heavy stones, And glorified God. Amazing. So don't cut the stones. Otherwise you'll defile it. You'll make it man made. You see, the key to this is to hear his voice and to simply obey it. And that's what I call faith. That's faith. Faith is an incredible thing and it's something if you're going to build God an honor, you've got to altar, you actually have to begin with faith, in fact Hebrews tells us you can't please him without it without faith it's impossible to please God so we step in faith so I want to think about it right now I want everyone to think about it, what stones in faith has he placed in your life, around you have a look what has God, you hear for his voice, you're a bit like Peter in the boat with all of his mates, Simon Peter and he sees Jesus walking on water, which would be really cool. It'd be awesome. Coming into the summer, I can't wait to get down to the beach again. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to try it again, this walking on water thing. It hasn't worked for the last 54 years. But you never know. But um, he sees Jesus walking on water and he says these words. Jesus, say the word, come and I'll come. Isn't that interesting he said that? You see, when you get a word... When God speaks a word, then the faith gets ignited. The faith begins to build. I have faith in this. I just need a word. Some of you guys, dust that dust off your Bible. Find that app, wherever it is on your phone. And start getting a word from his word. He's already spoken if he never speaks again. And when he shows you something, oh my goodness, your faith begins to ignite. Peter, Simon Peter gets out of that boat and begins to walk. On am looking at Jesus. Then he took his eyes off Jesus. Began to sink. Lost his faith. Faith is the key. The Bible says, he is the author and perfecter of your faith. You think, oh, I don't have much faith. That's all right. He's the perfecter. He's the author. He's the creator. He's the one who builds it. He's the one who breathes upon it. He's the one who speaks it into you. You just got to look towards him. You keep looking at him. You keep speaking with him. You keep close to him. Oh, but we're struggling here. That's okay. Just get your faith back. Get your eyes back on Jesus. You get to hear that voice. You get to hear, oh, God, you want that stone? God's given me a stone. I've got a stone. Why do you know? Where's the faith? Because God said it. That settles it. I forgot a phrase in there. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Faith. Faith is an incredible thing. The blind guy following Jesus around. Jesus, son of God, have mercy on us. He laid hands on them. According to your faith, it will be done for you. Jesus' words. According to Your faith, it will be done to you. Oh, don't pick up stones without faith. That's man-made. It's cutting them. But when God speaks to you a word, oh my goodness, faith, faith. You know what? Our marriage—32 years next year, 31 years now. Yeah, it is. Time flies. Darren and Anne Millichamps, congratulations on 31 years marriage. You two are champions. Yeah. And no, you don't get long service leave. <laughs> but think about our marriage, and my wife has been an incredible woman of faith. Incredible. Talk about stones. I remember she looked up at the house on the hill, which her parents own, and said, you know what? I know my dad wants to sell that, and we can buy that. Really? <laughs> um, bank balance honey <laughs> wage not real high um, we got little kids big family she says nah and she called it Eterus. has something to do with Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or something Star Wars something like that she called it Eterus, the house on the hill and she put a picture on the fridge and said we're going to have our Eterus." and she began to pray with faith because that house is going to glorify God that house is going to see f- people filled in that house you know what, we own the house, our parents and us. And do you know what, I remember once there we had nine small groups every week happening in it. We filled it with people, why? Because God is to be praised, he is powerful and he is to be honoured. Faith, incredible faith. We thought our family wasn't complete with our four sons and we wanted a daughter and there was a daughter for us in China. And I remember my wife saying, we're going to see it, we're going to see it, we're going to see her. We're gonna see her, she's gonna be part of our family. Even the government said it's not impossible, but it's as close as you can get to impossible if you've got four kids already. Didn't you know, they? The government said that. But my wife didn't say that. My wife said, but God spoke to me. I remember the day she said it. But God said we had to make a decision. Are we gonna go on with this? With China, we're gonna to go to another nation. No, China, China. God said China. And she stood firm on a faith. Now we have a beautiful daughter. We're so close to impossible, you couldn't see the gap between. But that's my God who has, when he responds to faith. What stones are you gathering? It's got to be faith. I have incredible faith for the generations in my family. Incredible faith for them. I look at my children, I almost tear up. Because his faith just floods through me and I see my grandchildren and again I just whirl. And sometimes I find myself just standing there staring at them, watching them do whatever they do, mess the room up, doing whatever they do, and making these words. One of them, Mercy comes in and she just has this conversation. I have no idea what she's saying, but I'm just glued looking at her because I can see her children's children's children if the Lord hasn't come back yet. And I see incredible favour upon them. I have incredible faith for it. I have incredible faith for the generations of the kingdom. Not just my biological ones, but for the kingdom. Oh, Strong Nation Church, do you understand how God has blessed us with generations? We've got lovely seniors in our church. Some of them are here today, although they don't like to be called seniors. We've got some incredible juniors here. And at home as well. But we've also got incredible youth and young adults and kids and everything in between. I have incredible faith to see generations upon generations and children and and, and people who are not even born yet being blessed and taking on the baton and expanding the kingdom further and further. I have incredible faith because it's a stone that God's placed in my life. And I'll continue to speak about it. It's one of those things, you know, when you've got a lot on your mind and you've got to think about something to go to sleep. That's one of them, and beehives. What's your faith? Where is it? Where's your faith today? Can you hear him speak to you? What is he saying? What stones has he brought into your life through faith? Exodus 20, 26, he goes on to say this. And do not go up to my altar on the steps or your private parts may be exposed, sorry just funny I read this and I thought don't place the altar up on steps don't, don't place it too high and I felt the Lord say to me this Rick the altar is not God it's not to be worshipped wow it's that's, that's not something you come and worship and that's what religions do and I don't, I don't put Christianity in the religion thing I put it in the relationship thing the life thing, whereas religions tend to get an image and they worship the image, I don't want to be like that. that's man made. He's saying, don't put it up on a pedestal, don't don't put it up. You know we, we as humans have a way of making idols out of altars. Peter, Simon Peter again, him and James and John join Jesus on a mountain hike up of, up the Mount Hermon, gets up there and he thinks it's awesome, but it gets real awesome because there's Moses raised from the dead and there's Elijah raised from the dead and they're talking to Jesus as if they're best mates. And Peter's going, wow. Now, I don't know about you. I'll probably be peeing my pants at this stage. I'll be going, what? Oh, ah, Peter. He's, because i would be in awe of how incredible. Peter's, hey, I've got an idea. Why don't we build... Three altars, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. It'll be awesome. And God interrupts him and says, this is my beloved son, and I'm pleased with him. Him, Peter back to what it's all about. It's not about the altars, it's about the son of God, yeah. whom himself, who himself is God. It's not about the altars. We tend to make altars idols. We do. See what it does when we start doing this, it exposes our nakedness. And I'll explain it this way Adam and Eve were in this little bubble called Eden with God. Like they walked together. They they they, they were mates, they were best friends. They had jobs to do and they loved it. In the Garden of Eden, there's no sin, there's no weeds to pull out, there's beautiful fruit like chocolate. I think it's great. Then one day, when well, they're getting bored or I don't know what they're doing, and Adam and Eve, and the tempter comes, the rebel, and he begins to say to them, Do you know why he doesn't want you to eat from that fruit? Because you'll be like him. Idolatry. Like putting someone beside God. You'll be like him. Oh, that sounds all right all of a sudden they wanted to actually do something other than just worship god so they had an apple or a piece of fruit probably top deck chocolate all of a sudden eve goes ah you've got no clothes on and adam goes i know says they were ashamed of their nakedness they didn't realize that before and god even said to them who told you you were naked Who told you that? It's man-made. When man brings his mind into man's things, it exposes his nakedness and his shame. And it does the same when we begin to worship idols rather than God. Yeah, now those idols might represent God, but we cannot worship them. Only he is to be worshipped and him alone. But we get, you know, I remember back in the, days we we actually had the honor of as kids raising being raised in a church where we saw so many miracles powerful and we had a man of god and um leanne i know you're at home watching leanne bracken her grandfather pastor gordon gibbs great man of god a humble man and um he he was used by god he understood his stone he understood the stone Miracles, prophetic ministry—in fact, it moved so powerfully. 60 Minutes came to our church to record the services, and um, Ian Leslie was the reporter. He came along. I remember those days. We used to see incredible deliverance, cancers gone. It was just incredible. We saw a kids' ministry when there weren't many huge kids' ministry with a bus ministry just grow to 500 kids overnight, sort of thing. It was just just a revival. It was amazing. But what we forget is that was a move of God. Not a man-made move. And I still know people who are yearning for those days. Where are the miracles? Where are the healings? We've got to get our hearts right. Where's our faith? I don't think that's the issue. The issue is God just not moving like that at the moment. That's not the stone he's using. What we've got to be looking for the stones now but while we're worshipping the former idols or the former altars we can't see the stones that are with us now Naomi and I had the honour of leading a a youth ministry in that same church many years later and again God began to move It, it just moved and before we knew it we had over 800 kids attending youth on a Friday night and we're sitting there thinking how did this happen we tried to look really smart about it and really cool and But really we had no clue what we were doing i later realized that god brought us a stone so we could build an altar saying how good is god and i remember someone coming to me oh it's not like that anymore rick it's not like that what was that rick and i said man it was a move of god you can't replicate a move of god oh it's just lack of faith no it's not faith is all about the stone not about making god move You can't make God move. It was a move of God. Love it when it's here, but don't worship it. You know what? Some people get so hooked up on preachers. Some of the guest preachers or star preachers there are these days. And I think where they come with a great message to say, God is to be glorified. God is to be lifted up. God is to be honored. But yet we begin to worship the preacher. No wonder so many of them fall oh now it's getting real maybe God's saying I will not have any other gods I can't have that guy on the platform anymore maybe songs songs are not to be worshipped church services are not to be worshipped good deeds are not to be worshipped it's about God being the God who we worship. Family is not to be worshipped. I know if some people have turned family into an idol. And I wonder why it went wrong. <laughs> it's an altar that points you towards God. It's a signpost that says, How good is my God? He is awesome. That's what it is. I really feel it's really important to stress this. People are not to be worshipped, but yet we tend to have our heroes. It's great to admire people, it's great to say great things about them, but be very careful there's a line that many cross over, especially in Christendom where we have these preachers who speak a word and it's the best ever and all of a sudden that's all you're hearing. Maybe God just wanted you to hear one sermon. But now that's all you hear and all of a sudden they become your Jesus rather than Jesus being your Jesus. It's about where your heart is. Now all these things, the church service, the, the, the worship, songs, preachers, they're, they're all just stones that you, if you gather them correctly can become a fantastic altar. If I could have the band up, that'd be awesome guys. Thanks. We're going to finish up in a minute. I remember once I I met T.L. Osborne, man of God, in fact my dad used to have his albums, they had albums of their preaching, you know those old plastic vinyls and um, I wonder how they go with the rap thing now, the old preachers, play it backwards, whoo and um, T.L. Osborne was fantastic, before Reinhard Bonnke was going through Africa, he was going through Africa, the continent and seeing so many miracles i've seen a photograph of wheelchairs you know five six meters high just stacked on top of each other because they're not needed anymore from a rally you know crutches the same thing just incredible god used this guy amazing i got to meet him he came to one of the conferences at penrith church and i got to meet him and and uh it was it's so cool man he's very elderly at this stage i think he's with jesus now and i remember going up to him as a good pentecostal young pastor, <laughs> saying sir i would so love it if you would lay hands on me to anoint me and i'll never forget the look on his face he was sort of confused he says i can do that if you like but why would you want it second hand i learned a lot that day you see i have access to the same god that he does when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain was ripped in two so that we can have access to the Father. The one who is the great creator, the one who creates stones. That if, if we don't cry out, they will cry out, Jesus said. That fits in. Never thought of that, that's not even in my notes. They will cry out, how good is God? He creates that i have that same access to him why am i looking to teal osborne a good man to fulfill what god can fulfill in me i want to make it an idol i want to make it an altar which i come to to remember god why why remember what joshua said well in joshua god said to joshua When your children ask their fathers in the times to come, what do these stones mean? You see, they take us through the generations. The altar you build lasts longer than you do. They continue on. I don't want to be a disrespecter of life, but this will end. This will end. But I found a way of living forever. Oh boy, what well that kid said, boy, it sounded like Rick. Well, Pastor Rick used to pray like that. Because somewhere they found the altar. They heard about the stones. And they went to those stones and they saw the stones. They said, these stones say that God is awesome, that God should be honoured. And I'm gonna start to do that more. And everyone who's looking at your life right now can look at the stones that you are putting in place as an altar and say, how good is their God? He is amazing. I'm gonna honor Him. This is where stretching white comes in. We've been preaching all year about going deep. I feel like Lord is releasing us right now into stretching wide. And here's the key. I think the stones, the altar are the key When we start placing those in our lives and people start seeing the altars that you've been building for God, they'll go, wow, can you tell me more about that God? Sure, I've got some good news. Stretching wide, stretching wide, that's what it's about. What stones has He placed in your life? Don't cut them. Don't make it easy. Don't look at him and see what he's doing. Faith, you hear the word and obey it. That's what God's asked of you. And don't put it up on a pedestal. You might, you might have a real gift of worship or prayer. One, prayer. one gift I do not have is the one of intercession. I get distracted real quick. But maybe you do. Don't make it an idol. Oh, my ministry is. No, that's, that's idol talk. <laughs> that's the plan of words, idol talk. Anyway, make it an altar which says, How good is God? I'd like to pray for everyone. Can I just ask everyone here to stand? If, if you're in the living room or if you're in bed, why don't you stand with us? I understand we've got some friends from Nigeria watching, been watching for a few months now. If, would you like to email us and let us know who you are? <laughs> like to know who you are it'd be great just curious and um, those of you who are in Queensland you've just, just joined us now actually <laughs> good to see you I'd like to pray over you Holy Spirit's here His peace is here He's with you too His favour is with you right now Holy Spirit just let your presence come yep I pray every person in the sound of my voice can hear your voice. Would you begin to speak to them right now, God? Lord, would you begin to just speak deeply to them about the stones that you've brought to them? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No, no, it's about faith. It's about faith. Why don't you begin to confess some of those stones by faith? He is the author and finisher. Faith required of the mustard seed. It just starts out a little. Start out a little and begin to confess it and pour water, the word on that, and allow it to grow. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Oh, but Rick, you don't know what's going on in our family. That's okay. God does. He's with you. Come on. Faith. Faith. Speak the faith. Oh, but Rick, I'm just so lost right now. That's okay. Jesus is the great finder. He'll find you. Just come to him and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Please forgive me. I want to be the one who's calls you my Lord and Savior. That's how you pray it. Now, Lord, I pray favor and blessings over every person. That here's my voice right now, incredible favour. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, that Lord, they would not sleep tonight until Lord, they see or hear the stones that you've placed before them to build an altar of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know the beautiful thing about this is I'm not telling you how to live your life. I don't think that's a preacher's role but I'm encouraging you to find the stones that'll help you guide your life. Go and find them, they're different to mine. If I was telling you how to live your life, I'd be telling you to live my way. Go get a beehive. But it's up to you to find your stones. Your life may be totally different to mine. That's okay. As long as it honors God and says how powerful he is. God bless you. Pray you have the greatest week, everyone. Have a good week and we'll see you later.